It's the What's Your Opinion show, our daily talk show focusing on you, the people, events, and issues of Marshall County. Now here's your hosts, Kathy Bodorf and Rusty Nixon. Good morning, everyone. Halfway through the week. Uh-oh. Rusty, do you know what day it is? Hey, hey. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Guess what day it is. Julie, hey, guess what day it is. <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Huh? Huh? Anybody? Listen, guess what day it is. <laughs> oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Huh? Guess what today is? Huh? Hey, hey, listen, guess what today is? <laughs> guess what day it is? Hey, what day is it, Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? It's hump day. Hump day? Hump Day. Wednesday. We're halfway through the week already. Yeah. Isn't that a good thing? I guess. It is because we're all working towards the weekend. And this weekend kicks off the Mayor's Month of Music. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, I do want to let folks know that most of Marshall County is listed in the marginal risk category that's a one only a one out of five for severe weather this afternoon and into the evening there is a small section of the northwest part of the county up near walkerton and tyner that is listed in the slight risk category for severe weather so we are all the whole of marsh county is also under a heat advisory because temperatures are going to rise to between 90 and 95 degrees today and combined with the humidity this afternoon, the heat index could re- reach 100 to 105. So just kind of keep an eye out this afternoon to the sky, what's going on outside your window. Um, and if you have to be outside, take some precautions. Drink plenty of water. Not pop, not coffee, not alcohol, not those things. But water is a, the best thing. And take a few minutes every so often to get out of the sun and take a break. Let your body kind of cool down a little bit uh, so you don't have a heat stroke or something like that. So, okay, there, I did my public service announcement. Okay, so we're going to talk Mayor's Month of Music today with Laura Mann, the promotion of the city coordinator. And Laura, I almost would venture to say that this is about the funnest promotion thing that you do in the year. I would say that. I <laughs> okay. would say that. I mean, you have some other fun things <laughs> we do. that you do, but... This one um, kind of crosses all the generations and... Yeah. Yeah. So... Something for everybody. This has been going on for a number of years now. Now, COVID in 2020 put the kibosh on it. Yeah. 
and that was not good. No, that but, was the hardest decision I've ever had to make, I think. Well, yeah, and part of it is it's an outdoor event. We could have spread out as far as we wanted to go, basically. There was a lot of room. Yeah, I had guidelines that I was given, and I basically would have had to paint six-foot circles <laughs> on the ground. So that wasn't going to work. Kevin, can you help me with this? Yeah, no. <laughs> You yeah. didn't. You didn't want to paint six foot circles. I didn't. I'm just no fun. And of course, your six foot circle would have to be six feet from the next circle. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, we are going to kick off this Friday evening, starting at seven o'clock, with the first of five concerts in River Park Square. Yeah. So give us a little lowdown of what to expect on Friday evening. Okay, the first one, we um, always partner with the Plymouth Alumni Association. So it's the Plymouth High School All-School Reunion. So, you know, we all had friends in high school, and it wasn't just people in our class. So when you have a class reunion, it's just people in your class. So the All-School Reunion, you get to see people from all the classes in one place. So it makes for a really good time. Each individual class tends to set up a tent and they have a sign and kind of do their own thing whatever they want to do and i just if they want to do that i just ask that they stay on the perimeter of the park so that they're not blocking anybody with a tent um the park right now if you go down there (laughs) yes under construction under construction they know what's going to happen the next five fridays they know that they need to button up as much as they can to have it secured but you're going to need to be cautious when you're down there Um, when you're walking there'll be some new sidewalks and the edges haven't been had final grade on them yet so you need to be careful not to trip or turn your foot and things like that but um, it's going to be great when it's done now is most of the work east of river street or Including River Street and East. And yes. River Street is like gone. I mean, you're not going to be able to pull into River Park Square and park back in the grassy area. They're kind of like, uh, kind of like along the river. Or whatever. We think we still can create some parking over there. Yes, but on the north side of Garrow Street, all the way to the parking lot, that's all Plymouth City property now. Okay, so people can park on the north side okay. of Garrow. In that grassy area over there, you can park in that parking lot for, uh, for Whatever I still say Hoffman's. Meister's parking lot. Oh, Meister's, that's, Hoffman Brothers. That's a couple of days ago. Now, Integrity. Oh, yeah, the Taekwondo. taekwondo. <laughs> yeah. So you can park there. Um, we will be using some of the parking spaces in the Circle Drive of River Park Square for a couple of food trucks that oh. aren't going to be able to make it. They're going to have to have to clear a curb to get to the grassy area. So it's going to look a little different, but it'll all still be there. It'll all work out. I'm not going to stress about it because it is what it is. I mean, when you want better, you've got to take the, you the bad take the, with the good. Yes, exactly. So we'll work it all through, and everybody will still find their little spot. <clears throat> Just be flexible. Go just, with the yeah, flow. Maybe come a little earlier than usual. Maybe go down there this week and just kind of get a lay of the land and figure out what out you're going to do. Bit. If you're going with a bunch of friends, carpool. If you live nearby, walk. Um, and, uh, and, of course, the footbridge 
is not open either. Right. So those folks who live on the east side of the Yellow River can't walk the footbridge to get over because that that did get a lot of action on those evenings for people that live uh, Liberty, Pennsylvania, back Mm -hmm. up in that area. So, yeah. Got to walk another block. Yeah, you're going to have to go down and come over Garrow Street Bridge instead. But eventually, that footbridge is all going to be restored improved dramatically so it'll be nice next year it's like the oldest footbridge in indiana or something like that so i mean something to be very proud of but it was getting pretty scary yeah something that has to be taken care of yeah so So, but once you get into the park and settled you are going to have a fabulous evening with the bishops Okay, now tell me about the bishops. The bishops tried to play last year, but Mother Nature said mm, no. <laughs> okay. They got three songs in, I think. Um, you can look them up on the internet and just Google the bishops Indianapolis, and you should get it pretty easily. Um, they are a party dance <laughs> band. I mean, there's eight of them. It's hu- they're a huge group, and they play corporate events, they play weddings, they play um, other concerts like ours. Actually, they were the wedding band for one of Dave and Chris Morrow's daughters. Okay. So, they're great. The three songs that we heard last year um, were great, but uh, they just didn't get to play anything because of the weather (laughs) yes the lovely weather but the weather is going to be better friday night correct rusty (laughs) Uh, you didn't know that question was going to happen sorry didn't know there was going to be a quiz uh mostly clear 68 Ooh. okay so you probably want to bring a jacket with you i think it's going to still be in the 80s like when we start because we start at seven the actual concert starts at 7. The food trucks are um, asked to be ready to start serving at 5. So when you get off work, you can go grab your stuff and come down and just have dinner there. Or you can grab dinner at one of the downtown restaurants and then walk on down to the park. You can grab carryout from somewhere. Um, but You can bring it from home you can if bring, you want yeah, to do your own. You do a picnic. Yeah. Uh, we do allow coolers full of whatever beverage you would like including adult beverages we just ask that you please be responsible this is a family-friendly event knock on wood i've never had an issue at mayor's month of music um let's not make this year the first (laughs) okay so um I, i i went to the band's website and it says the bishops do not simply give a concert they throw a great party. Yeah. So it really will be a party atmosphere. Um, since it is the all-school reunion and the Plymouth Alumni Association is involved, will there be a little presentation or something? I think so. In the past, they've had a tent where you could register. They're not going to do that this year. It just really didn't. Not many people did it. They just found their class and went there. Okay. So um, Jan Bean, she's in charge of that part. Um, So she'll say a little something. um, Having the new superintendent speak a bit. Um, So, yeah, there'll be a little bit. I think that's at 6 or 6.30. Okay. And I I know in the past they've actually announced the 
what is it called, Rusty? Distinguished the, Yes, alumni. the distinguished alumni. Do you know if that's going to happen? I think so. I don't know who it is, but I think that's going to happen. Okay. So okay. Just come down, get settled, just enjoy yourself. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the food. If you're going to be sure. there. You can be there. What are going to be your options? I didn't make my list, so let's hope oh. I get them all. <laughs> so... Uh, the great return food trucks that we all love, Chubby Buddies, Bob's Cafeteria, Crave on Tacos will be there, um, <laughs> Ben's Pretzels, Dainty Donuts, which <laughs> if you haven't had Dainty Donuts, you are missing it. And I f- found out, the only good that came out of the tractor show getting um, rained out was Kip had made 15 dozen donuts <clears throat> thinking we were going to have to the tractor show. He'd started and then yes, he stopped. And so I ended up with an extra dozen, 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 dozen donuts. donuts. So I took them home and the next morning I put them in the air fryer. Oh, oh gosh. Ah, so, so if you happen to be craving a blueberry donut, there is a possibility that there will be might- blueberry donuts. Aha. He's okay. going to do a bunch of cinnamon and sugar to start. So if you like cinnamon sugar and that's what you want, you'll need to get them early because then once those are done, then he's going to change to blueberry and stay blueberry. Okay. Uh, it's my personal opinion. Yes. That they're better than the ones at blueberry festival. Wow. Okay. So, um, Danny donuts will be there. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, kettle corn and lemon shake-ups. Do you remember who? Yes. Um, Chad Bailey. Bailey oh. Sweet Kettle Corn. Bailey. Okay. And there'll be um, Philadelphia Ice. Steve Rivera bring and his sons bring that. It's, it's kind of hard for me to explain it. You have to try it. I had to try it just to understand it. It's kind of a cross between a sherbet, an Italian ice, and an ice cream. It's creamy, but it's not actually ice cream. It has some really bold flavors and bright colors. It's really... Oh, so like if I eat the blue, my tongue will turn blue? I, you know, I don't know. I didn't get the blue. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I think everything, if you eat a blue, it's going to turn your, your <laughs> okay. tongue blue. I don't know. Um, also, there's supposed to be a tamale vendor. Oh. I haven't gotten that completely confirmed yet, so you'll have to just... Maybe that'll happen. Uh, the Relay for Life, Marshall County Relay for Life, once again, will be in the concession stand selling um, dollar items. Um, popcorn, sodas, candy, I think hot dogs. So, chips. Everything in there will be a dollar, as far as I know. Don't quote me. That might be different. Inflation has happened, you know. Uh, yes. Oh, I know there's one other one we haven't mentioned either. The museum oh. will also be in the small window of the concession stand there's two there's a big window to the west and then to the east is a small window the museum will be in there selling ice cream novelties for a dollar mm. piece so mm. ice cream bar ice cream sandwich yeah drumstick thing like pops that. or whatever yeah. cool yeah. um and one more help me b and b oh of course sorry bob <laughs> i know you're listening and now i'm going to be in trouble forever <laughs> Uh, B&B vending will have cotton candy, snow cones, pucker powder, and whatever else it is the 
decides to load up that night. What's it called? B&B? B&B Vending. Vending. Okay. So oh, great. A- uh, that's a great location for kids. Oh, yeah. S- especially kids because yeah. of that. Yeah. Penny's reasonably priced. Yes. And, yeah. So there's lots of options. So you can spend no money or you can spend as much money as you want. Or you can just, you know, it's so easy to give the kids a dollar and say, yeah. here, here's a dollar. Go get a candy bar. Yeah. Here's a dollar. Go get a bag yeah. of popcorn. Or here's and five not, bucks for the night. You decide not, what you're yeah, doing. You're not breaking the bank. Right. Um, so yep. there's a little bit of something for everyone. Yeah, that's really, when we started all this, I just wanted it to be a great family night that everyone could participate in no matter their situation. If you don't want to spend any money, you just bring what you want or don't bring anything at all. Just sit there and enjoy the music. If you want to make it your date night, you can do that. <laughs> um Mayor's Month of Music couldn't be put on at all without sponsorship. And um, we have great sponsors for the entire series, but then we also have one other sponsor who steps up a little more for this night, for the all-school reunion night, and that's U.S. Granules and John Oliver. And I, we couldn't have this band without his participation in this manner because they are considerably more than the other bands that I get. So we have to send a big thank you out to him because you know all the sponsors are important but he's he puts out a little extra so we are glad for that yes definitely and it goes well because it's kind it it, it's friday night um rusty i think on that on friday morning is the big red open so a lot of alumni come in to play in the big Mm -hmm. red open that supports the athletic department at Plymouth High School. Mm-hmm. So those folks will be in. So it, it just kind of all goes hand in hand. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we every, usually get people get come after they get done at the open, they come down. I saw someone, some, one of the classes, I, don't know, I can't remember which class it is, but they're actually, I think they're meeting somewhere maybe for lunch as a class, and then they're going to tour the high school. And then they're all going to end up down at the concert. So they got like the lunch, the afternoon tour, and then, nice. you know, a whole, making a whole day of it. So um, if your class isn't doing anything, you can be the leader of the band and, and That's right. step up and do it yourself. You don't have to have a tent, a special tent set up or no. anything like that. Just a bunch of you get together and yeah. meet down there. And when you see somebody you know, yell at them. That's right. Hey! that it's it's just a fun fun evening i'm sure rusty's parents will be at least on the balcony probably on the balcony enjoying the concert yeah. from i might want to go over there yeah. <laughs> sit with them over there but um and it's an evening of fun and relaxation so it's nothing uptight casual wear come and um, go as you want yeah if if the, if the band's playing and you think you got a hankering for a donut? Get up and walk over there mm-hmm. while you're not going to bother anybody. Um, I know there's one thing, and, and I see it at the racetrack comments a lot. Smoking. Yeah. How, do you, I mean, I, it's I would an, love to control that, but I can't. <laughs> I just think, I think most smokers are pretty courteous. You know, they may, if they're in a group, they'll get up and walk back and stand by themselves and smoke and then come back and that's kind of what i hope happens but you know i i can't 
monitor that. I can't. I'm not. We're not having the smoking police. I'm not the there. smoke police. It's like I also told the construction crew. I said, "Please don't pour concrete on Friday, because I don't want to be the concrete police." Uh, everybody will be over there writing their initials. Well, you know, you know I thought concrete. it would be kind of cool to have a bunch of kids' handprints in it, but yes, that we're not doing that. Okay. They didn't think that was a good idea either. Oh, I, well, we should have them pour a little bit every Friday, and then you could have the band oh, that'd be do cool. you know something in it each week. So, mm-hmm. But we're going to have to have little sections. So yeah, but uh, so now the food trucks. Do you know which ones? Who's going to be out in the parking lot? I for sure crave on tacos. Okay, and really where we're going to be is straight south of the. Um, amphitheater in the grass closer to the river i mean as okay. that way so it'll be from the pole where all my electric is that nipsco they moved, moved the pole so instead of them being back in that corner kind of towards the footbridge mm-hmm. they're going to be up a west a to little bit stage. yeah mm-hmm. okay and so then they'll just snake around from that pole like i know that Danny donuts needs to plug in and i know philadelphia ice needs to plug in just because they're their systems are so large that okay. running off a generator is pretty hard for them. So they'll plug in and then it'll just come around. And actually, Cravon will be on the on the um, parking lot, but it'll be right there. I mean, so the other ones will kind of just run right into where she is. So it'll all still be together. Um, one area, just yeah. a little bit different. Just before. a little bit different. And one, I'd, Actually, I don't even know for sure what it's going to look like. I mean... It is what it is. I, once again, I can't change it. I, I've tried very hard over the years to get better at not stressing about things that I can't change. I can't change this. You know, I can't make them take the silt fence down. I can't make them. No, it's not what can happen. Well, you have the, I know in the years past, you, you, you actually, and you yourself have gone around as the evening kind of goes on and it starts to get a little darker. You go around and turn on these like lights yeah, for portable people. lighting. Yes. Michiana Contracting is um, providing those for us again. Okay. And they're going to be extremely important this year. I mean, in the previous years, it doesn't get that dark by the time we're done. I mean, it's dark, but it's not like pitch black dark. But this year, it's going to need to. The lighting needs to be there. So, uh, and I, I assume it's about a two-hour concert? Three hours. Three hours. From 7 to 10. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's a break in there. Everybody, they oh, all take certainly. breaks differently. You know, some of them take two breaks, some of them take three, some of them don't. You know, when P.S. Dump Your Boyfriend played, they took one. You know. Okay, here's the, the interesting thing I want to know. Is there anything special they have requested or asked for you to provide like, you know, I only we only drink Avian water. Or, or. Yeah, it not. They've I asked them for specific what they wanted in their drink cooler. I didn't ask about specifically specifically food, though. Um, the nineteen eighty five band would really like ham and pineapple pizza. Oh, or barbecue. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but they're getting meals from. I get them from Jim at Opie's. So everybody's getting that. Ah, Jim can Jim can figure. Just make him a ham and pineapple sandwich instead. Well, I thought he could do barbecue pork for that one. But yeah, just different kinds of beer. A little Woodford Reserve for one of them. You know, a little bourbon. Nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. At no, least. mostly because they know I would say mm, sorry. 
Can't do that. Can't do that. I have to tell you, uh, working out at the racetrack. So the, so the cocaine and the hookers are completely. <laughs> oh yeah, that's off the table. Okay, All off right. the table. Sorry. Just wanted to be sure. Yeah. I, I, they were telling me the owners were telling me out at the racetrack that when they had these five rock and roll bands in there, that I mean, and I don't know which band wanted what, but uh, one band needed white hand hand towels and white washcloths, mm-hmm. and another band there was one that wanted an electric tea kettle. Mm-hmm. And then another one needed a bullet blender, you know, and it's like, no, what? Uh, and then what do I do with this afterwards? When I did the entertainment for Blueberry Festival, I had a lot of that. One year it was the white hand tells that must be like an industry standard or something. We were at Walmart trying to find, and they gave us specific dimensions. Oh my gosh! These are people that are, think they're too important. <laughs> but the one that just cracked me up was. They wanted peanut M&M's, only orange and green. So you had to buy them and pick them well, out? Well, and that's my thing. I'm thinking, my- do you people know that I've touched every one of your M&M's? I mean, seriously. Only orange and green. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah you can't buy M&M's that way. They just yeah. don't come. Well, they do, but they didn't give us the notice. <laughs> you could order them online, yeah. but you couldn't go here yeah. in town and get them anywhere. So. I, nothing high maintenance like that. These groups are all great. Um, the bishops were awesome. The short amount of time I got to work with them last year. Um, the 18, 1985 band, the guy that I've been talking to has just been a hoot. Um, and then after that is Cornfield Mafia, who has been here, and they are the nicest guys ever. So, yeah, nobody with too much attitude. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's wrap it up. Uh, let's wrap up the list of bands then um, that we're going to see yep. this summer. So this Friday, August 5th, U.S. Granules presents the Bishops. Um, so once again, you can Google search them. And I don't know if maybe when you go to break, play that little oh. promo. They have a promo. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Cool. It's kind of a good snippet of all their stuff. August 12th is a 1985 band. Now, that, you, that's going to be your era. That it would be my musical era, yes. Okay. Cindy Lauper, that kind of thing, you know. It'll be a good time. They put on quite a show, too. They have costumes and, and such. August 19th at the Cornfield Mafia. They are a country group from uh, Plainfield area, and they were, they've been here before. They, they're great. I mean, they're really great. And then August 26th, uh, on the flyer that is kind of floating around town and things, it's just a series of letters because that's what they say their that's band what their is, name is. But it stands for what you see is what you get. Um, there, once again, you can Google search them and there's some videos and they look just like they're a great cover band. Lots of fun songs that you'll know, dance to, know the words to. That's that always fun, yes. And then September 2nd, which is the Friday of Blueberry Festival, um, is Kennedy's Kitchen. And Kennedy's Kitchen, I, and a lot of people follow them. They have a great following of people. Um, it's Irish folk, Celtic music, which might, you'd be like, uh, I don't know. It's very cool. We went to uh, the amphitheater one night and listened to them. Oh. And it was really good. And we really enjoyed it. And so... They've performed down here in Plymouth several times. They so. have. They um, have. They've I know been at Wild, Wild, Rose, Wild Moon. Rose Moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty excited about that lineup. Um, it's, once again, these aren't free. 
<laughs> and I'm not using taxpayer dollars to pay for these things. And not only do I have the bands, but I also have, we bring in extra porta potties and um, I have to pay for their meals and their drinks. So it's not a cheap venture, but it is something that the mayor <clears throat> is glad to help put on because it's quality of life, quality of place kind of thing. Got to love uh, where you live. I honestly I would love to see. Maybe not every Friday night in the summer, but like every other Friday night, all mm-hmm. summer long, I'd love to see something like that happening. Yeah. Um, Maybe it, with the next mayor. <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> it takes a lot of money. Roughly, your budget is what? About $15,000. Okay. And so to do that, you have to have some sponsors to help out because, as you said, no tax dollars. Right. And so... This year we have some new sponsors, which I'm very excited about, and we have some returning sponsors, which I appreciate so much because I think that they understand the bang for their buck that they're getting. You know, all these businesses have an advertising budget and a donations budget, but they would really like to get something out of their, you know, their their dollars spent. So uh, a sponsorship is a thousand dollars, and that's for all five of the concerts. It used to be. A sponsor would sponsor one specific night, mm-hmm. but we changed that and made it so you pay a thousand dollars and you're the sponsor for the entire series. So this year, our sponsors are Zentis, Teachers Credit Union, Gibson, Coldwell Banker, who is a new sponsor. So is Teachers Credit Union, Republic Services, Centier Bank, Nice Source, which is Nipsco. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to figure that one out yeah. sometimes. Um, Bolt Enterprises McDonald's. They're the new owners of our McDonald's, and that's a new sponsorship. That's cool. Yeah. Exactly. First Federal Savings Bank, Max 98.3. That's a new sponsor. U.S. Granules Corporation, Lockmuller, the Troyer Group, and Hoosier Racing Tire. So it's thanks to these sponsors that, you know, we even get to have this event. So. And, and basically this is just an opportunity for folks to get together, come down, and just relax in downtown Plymouth and have some fun. Right. I, I, I've i said before that I don't really even think it matters anymore who the band is. I think this is people's Friday night destination. Mm-hmm. And th- there's been some, I've had some messages about football season. And yes, oh, there are yeah, football we'll nights football in involved there. in these. But they're all away games, which is nice. Which so if you, you don't want to bring your radio to yeah. the concert and have it in one ear and your other ear listening to the concert and still know what's happening at the football game. And not everybody's a football fan. Exactly. This is for the whole community, right? Not just parents of football players and such. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So it's some little something for everybody. And it's kind of unfortunately, it's kind of like the wrap up to the summer. Season, it is. Uh, you know, I hate to admit it. Yeah. I, I I wait for this month to come because of these events, but then I hate what happens afterwards because I know what's coming in just a few months, and I don't like that part of it. But August goes by in a just a snap, and once we get started, it's just like, oh, it's Friday again. Oh, it's Friday again. Oh, it's <laughs> oh gosh, it's labor. It's we, you know, blueberry festivals here. Yeah, it's and then it's fall and yeah, 
and then September 17th is Latino Festival. We're working on oh, that, too. Very so good. It'll be down in River Park Square, too. Yes. And hopefully we'll be even more close to done down there for that. So Very good. So, basically, come and have some fun this Friday night. Bring your own food. Grab some food and bring it along with you. Enjoy the food that is there. Mm -hmm. um, bring a lawn chair, definitely. Or a blanket if you don't have a lawn chair. Mm -hmm. Um there's plenty of room there. Right. Uh, you do not have to sit right next to somebody. Right. There's a, the ability to spread out um, and and just have fun. Yeah. We pushed it back to 7 o'clock. It used to be 6 o'clock. And we pushed it back to 7 to try to get rid of the sun a little more. The, 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 because it was really hot from yes. 6 to 7. The heat of the sun. But the sun gets down low enough by about 8 o'clock that it's not too bad. So... Very good. Yeah. Sounds like fun. So I can't wait. Come down to River Park Square. Might want to check out the lay of the land this week before Friday. And I'm, you know, I apologize if you can't find a parking place. It might be a little challenging, but once again, progress. You got to have. It is what it is. There, There's plenty of parking lots available. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a big lot right behind the old Hoffman Brothers right. Meisters area. That's a that's a huge parking area there, and it's really just across the street. Right. So. Right. Um, I guess the biggest piece is, and now that it's difficult for me to walk, is the handicap parking will fill up fast. So don't plan on showing up at a quarter till seven and being able to find handicap a park. handicap parking spot. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to be there. I would honestly say about six. Yeah. Um, just to cover yourself so that you can get an in-close parking space. Yeah. Or, you know, if someone can drop you off if you... Right. And, and then go they can park go somewhere park. else. But, yeah, that, that is going to be the biggest issue this, this year. But we're doing what we can. So It'll work. It'll work. And it'll be fun. And I think everybody will have a good time. Good deal. So... All right. If you have any questions, you can call me at the mayor's office at 574-936-6717. Give me a few minutes to get back. And, and if not, leave me a message and I'll get back to you. Very good. And also, if you have requests for a band, oh, yes, you can send me that information on Facebook <clears throat> or an email or call me and tell me. You know, One of the biggest restrictions, though, is dollars. The cost. You know, I... When I first started doing this for the Blueberry Festival, we would go to this showcase and see these bands. And so I had a my theory of how much a band was by how many people were in it. Oh, okay. And pretty much it was $200 a person is what my theory was. Now it's about $500 or more a person. Because we don't provide light and sound, so they have to pay for that too. And that's about $1,500 for them. So unless they have their own. They have to hire a company. So that's where we so, are. And, and well, with about a $15,000 budget and three bands, I mean, you can't spend 3000 on the band because then that still doesn't get them any meals or mm -hmm. um, anything to drink or that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're, you're looking at a band that's going to be, a, I would say, an average band runs 1500 to 2500 mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So... I know there's somebody who wants to hear have a, a the Beatles a Beatles, Beatles yeah band, but it's very expensive. Very very expensive. But I, she and I talked the other day, and I think that might be my going out present. 
<laughs> is to find enough sponsorship to for have that, that to have them. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Well, Laura, thanks for having me come in. Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see, see you, you on Friday, Friday night. All right. Exactly at River Park Square. <clears throat> have a good day. All right. Thanks. We uh, have oh, a prize giveaway. Oh, I didn't bring a prize. I, I, I didn't don't. bring a prize. So we're just free gonna... tickets to Mayor's Month of Music. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we give away some free tickets to Friday Night's Music. So. There you go. Uh, so if you're caller number... Yeah. We'll just take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear a little bit of the bishops um, after we hear from our sponsors. Very good. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, beat the largest timeshare company in federal court and has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-762-6565. That's 800-762-6565. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. Excuse me, why are you saving those old eyeglasses? You know the ones. Stuck away in the desk drawer. Haven't been worn in years. Yeah, those. You should donate them to your local Lions Club. Lions Clubs have been collecting used eyeglasses for years. They'll take your old eyeglasses and recycle them for someone in need of proper eyewear. Eyeglass drop boxes are located at St. Joseph Regional Medical Center, Michiana Eye Center, and here at WTCA Studios. or text 574-307-6647 and be a part of the show. Now let's get back to What's Your Opinion on WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. Uh, Was that you or me? That was you. How did that even happen? Because you went like this. Well, it didn't happen when you did it. I know. Look, I'm right there. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's a Friday night party at River Park Square. Yes, Come on down and don't be a square. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to figure that out somehow. Yeah. You're on fire today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the phone number is 574-936-4096 if you want to make a call or a comment today on the show. 
about anything that's going on around the community, in the nation, around the world. It's open. You can, okay. You can do what you want. I feel like I got to look. No, I don't. I, th- I felt like I had my shirt on backwards. I wanted to make sure that <laughs> I didn't have my shirt on backwards today. Well, that's that. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little different, huh? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we'll talk a little bit about the news. Obviously, we talked about the news yesterday uh, with uh, Marshall County Commissioner. Mike Burroughs, who was in, we talked about what was going on with both Culver and Bourbon, basically having major concerns about the 911 dispatch center and what is happening in the county. So I wrote, it ended up being a five-page article because I, I, yes, I wrote the newspaper version yeah. because I wanted to get let people get the whole you know get the whole thing about what was going on um i will tell you that there will be a multi-page response in tomorrow's news from matt pitney the 911 director uh from the letter that was read from ward byers president of the bourbon town council um he's responded uh to his comments yesterday or from monday's meeting so um, I'm working on that response right now. Okay. And it's going to probably be lengthy too. Um, obviously, there have been some issues with 911 dispatch, and it gets kind of confusing because they talk about 800 megahertz and then they talk about VHS. And it, to me, I'm even, I mean, I know about, uh, no, I know a teeny bit about megahertz because that's how radio stations operate. Sure. But um, I don't know the VHS and, you know, the, the radios that the officers use uh, on their person in their vehicles, I believe, are the 800 system. So I'm, and I think the VHS are, is now kind of like the old school way or the backup way. And um, so Culver said that they believed about every third call they are getting from the dispatch center is either sending them to the wrong address. Or it's been uh, misdirected, so they might have called the fire department, and instead they should have been calling Culver EMS. Or it, something else goes wrong, and there's concerns about the protocols and how things are supposed to operate, and when the system is having issues, should the communities be notified that there's an issue and how it's being handled and how they are supposed to respond uh, for those kind of things. So it was a long, lengthy story. And, and I'm sorry about it, but I wanted to make sure I got that information out. So, Got a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, what's going on today? Nothing much. Um, you were just talking about something I want to talk about. It's the 911 Dispatch Center. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I am not criticizing anyone that works in that dispatch center. Okay? Those people we always said was an angel on our shoulder when they dispatched us. They looked out for us, and they did a really, really good job. Okay, so I'm not criticizing one of them because I think we have some of the best emergency services 
in the state. About, and I, I don't know the exact time frame, maybe five or six weeks ago, I'm talking to one of our members, and it was on a Tuesday afternoon. And keep in mind, this is probably five or six weeks ago. Okay. And he said, we don't, have, we don't have any communication. I said, what do you mean you don't have any communication? He said, they cannot dispatch us. There is something wrong with the 800 megahertz. And I said, well, how are you getting calls? And they said, they're dispatching us by cell phone. And, you know, here I'm scratching my head. They're dispatching you by cell phone. If you get in trouble, how does other officers know you need help? And I was told they don't. All right. I read your article, and if only a portion of it is true, Kathy, there's some serious liability not only with the citizens of Marshall County, but also the emergency services being police, fire, and EMS. Once I was told by this officer that there was no communication, I contacted Kevin Overmeyer immediately. And I said, Kevin, do you know anything about this? There's absolutely no communication. He said, no. He said, there's no communication uh, between the jail and the commissioners. And he got on it right away which I, I have a lot of respect for him for that, trying to get to the bottom of it. I, I don't want to say what he did. He told me what he did. And I don't want to be doing some hearsay stuff. But I know there was phone calls made downstate to see what the issue was. And if Kevin wants to talk about that, he can. In your article, Jen says they're hiring somebody to do a study. Yes. Am, am I missing something here? No. I guess I don't understand. I guess I don't understand why they're doing a study and paying one hundred and fifty dollars an hour when nine one one's been in effect for how long? Oh. And what? Well, wait a minute. And what some of the issues are? Maybe you should sit down with some of the past employees, and the employees know. And ask what the issues are. Is it working conditions? Is it hours? Do they need to be paid more money? I don't think emergency services make enough money the way it is. And believe me, I don't get anything out of it to say if they get pay rates. Okay? Uh, because I'm retired. But if, in fact, my dates are correct, five or six weeks, and it seems like there's a lot of finger pointing going on where the problem arises. Well, it's 800 megahertz. The repeaters were down with the state police. Um, and it, it, it appears to go on and on, Kathy. And I, you know, I could go on about it. My concern is the safety of the citizens of Marshall County. What if we had a situation like we had down in Elwood? And we don't have communication. Uh, that, I hope and pray that never happens. And I pray for that officer in Elwood. 
okay, because it was senseless. But what's going on right now with no communications, as far as I'm concerned, is senseless. And I think that's what these communities are wanting to know is, like, why are you not telling us so that we know there's an issue happening? But what I asked the question, why wasn't the commissioners or council brought into this? Because they control the first thing. And I'm not blaming the commissioners because if they don't have knowledge of it, there's nothing they can do. And I... There's probably people saying out there, what the hell is he talking about? And why is he talking? I'm going to say it one more time. I'm concerned about the officers. I'm concerned about the fire department. I'm concerned about the medics. And most of all, I'm concerned about the service that the citizens of Marshall County are getting. Kathy, if Jim was having a heart attack out on Muckshaw Road, and they redirected by no mistake of theirs, to uh, Muckshot down south of 10. Um, that's an issue. That's an issue. Certainly. And um, I think that's the, you know, when you make that 911 call, no matter what it's for, you, at, you expect that the emergency responders are going to be there in a very quick time. And if the if dispatch cannot get out on the radio and they've got to basically look up that officer's cell phone number, dial it in, call that officer, he's got to answer the phone, then he's got to go from there. Um, you know, he has no communications like back and forth. So on the way to a scene, you know, dispatch may be telling this officer, okay, you know, Jim's not breathing or Jim fell down a flight of stairs or we have an ambulance on the way, Um, you know, those kind of things. Or we're going to need a helicopter and you having to do that on the telephone, you're delaying the response. And Kathy, you're 100% correct. And and I'm sure there's going to be people, citizens of Marshall County need to be very concerned about this. Uh, chances are nothing's going to happen, right? Chances. But what if it is one of your loved ones? What if? What, what if, if it was a failure? Somebody could die. Yes. That's... And, then, and then, I, then I still believe liability kicks in. But the problem is the buck stops at the top. Yes. And you've you got to quit making excuses and fixing. You have to. Hey, I'm done preaching. That's all I can do. I'm going to ask you but a question. And I haven't, I, this is another story I'm working on for tomorrow. Um, but there was a discussion about implementing an emergency services LOIT, local option income tax. And it is something that the state does allow counties to do. Many counties are doing it. And it would be a, a small percentage. Um, I believe they're looking. They're estimating, like, uh, right now we do a quarter of a percent for the jail on people's income. It would be less than a quarter of a percent. 
and the, the funds created would be divided by all emergency services in the county. So it's police, fire, and EMS of all the different agencies in the county. Would you be supportive Kathy, of what, that? Kathy, what's the money used for? It would be. It can be used for by purchasing equipment, uh, being able to give higher salaries. Uh, you know, if we need a new ambulance, if we need to buy, you know, those kind of things. It, each community would have their own money and and basically decide. But it has to be only for emergency services. Did they speculate how much money would be generated by that, Kathy? No, they did not. You're kind of putting me in a trick bag here. And and the reason I say that, people are taxed enough. Okay? I, and I think that's what <laughs> I think what I think that's what you would hear from a lot of people. I don't think people mind paying for good service. And when I say good services, I mean good service. Once again, I'll, I'll say this all the time. I think we have some of the best emergency services in the state, in every community. And I believe that. Herschel, but you tell me, and you, you've seen, um, because you know what websites to go on, there are openings all over the place for police officers. I think, Kathy, over the weekend, there's a site, and I didn't count them all because I got tired of counting. <laughs> I think I counted 27 departments uh, that were hiring. We just lost the guy to South Bend PD. I think he got a sign-on bonus, I think, of $5,000. Okay. Rumor has it the first of the year that could double. Wow. Okay. I think I read in Alaska, Alaska's offering a, and I could be wrong on this, a $50,000 sign-on bonus. Well, they'd have to pay me $50,000 to go to Alaska. That's for darn sure. Okay. <laughs> Just a couple more things because you asked the question. I was in Fort Wayne the other day, and I was talking to a Fort Wayne Police Department police officer at Sweetwater. And I, I walked up, and I told him I was retired, and I asked him how long he'd been on. And he said that they are going through the hiring process right now. Okay? And I verified this with one of our guys, because one of our guys applied at Fort Wayne and then got hired here. <clears throat> Fort Wayne had 3,500 applications at one time turned in. Fort Wayne's hiring process this last time was 1,800. After the first phase, they had 181. Okay. Yeah. Plymouth, Plymouth used to have 3,540 applicants. Every time they apply, all right, and it has cut down drastically. Oh yeah, I mean we're talking like maybe eight. 
I think you're right, Kathy. I didn't want to say because I, I was told the figures. It's like single uh, digits. Yes, it is. Um, Plymouth used to be one of the most sought-after departments to work at. But I think this is, and I'm not blaming the department, but I'm blaming the trend throughout the country. It's easy for me to say you need to get the pay up. You need to get the pay up. You know, we have guys working two and three jobs. Okay. Uh, when I worked on the department, I worked two and three jobs. And it still continues today. These guys are working two and three jobs. Um, and I know it's still taxable. Uh, I think training's a big part of it. I, I think we need to get our people into training. Uh, there's a lot of free schools out there. The FBI National Academy in Quantico, Virginia, specialized schools, free. All you have to do is get out there. And I think you can even stay there. Rooming's free. The room's, room board's free, I think. Uh, Glencoe, Georgia, it's called Fletley, uh Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, free. We are missing the boat on so much freebie. Well, and, and that's, again, those dollars could help pay for some of that yeah. stuff. And, and once again, I'm not blaming the department because the administrators are being told to watch your budget. No, you can't have overtime. No, you can't do this. You can't do that. So I'm not blaming the administrators. The administrators are doing the best job they can to get the And I know some people are going to say I'm crazy, but I don't think I am. You are crazy. I really don't. <laughs> well, I'm a good crazy because I'm concerned about our community and the community <laughs> I live in. And it needs to be fixed. He, Herschel did call me. This is Kevin Overmeyer. He did call me Hi, on Kevin. a Tuesday. Um and <clears throat> he told me what was going on. Hey, have Kevin get on a mic. Have <coughs> Kevin get on a mic. Oh. Give me your little thank you. Like, you can't hear me? I'm trying. Okay, try that. Oh. Oh. See if I can do this. I guess I could have gave him mine. It's closer. Actually, it's not really because it's coming off the same thing. It's the phone mic is what we're trying to get him hooked into. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, Kevin. Oh. Herschel did call me on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, explain to me what was going on. And so, as I was uh, appointed by Governor Daniels to be on the state 911 board, and so I called Ed Ryder, who was a member from Bartholomew County, um, who sat on the board, but he was the director. And I couldn't get a hold of him. So I called Barry Ritter, who used to be the executive director of the state 911 board. They were both in Louisville, Kentucky at the same time on 
they're having this national 911 conference down there that they were attending to learn more things. So I called them, told them what was going on, and they put me in touch with Shane Rec. I, I can't remember his last name. It's a long name. Starts with he used to be the Adams County Sheriff, and he also served on the state 911 board when I was on there. So I knew Shane from sitting on the board. And when he got off the board and uh, he didn't, he couldn't run for sheriff again over in Adams County. He took a job with in digital, which is one of the providers of 911 for the services. So I called him, told him what was going on, um, that they've been out of communication. He contacted somebody over in Fort Wayne. He says, you'll be getting a call from this gentleman. So he called me within five minutes. Um, and from what I was told by someone, it had to do something with the tower down there on 11th Road and US 31. So the gentleman called me. I said, you know, I'm just a contact person. I said, I just know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. So I said, here, you need to talk to, and I gave him the phone number of one of the police officers. So they were in contact. He called me back later, and they found out that there was a switch that was uh, CenturyLink that had gone bad. Uh, So... It had nothing to do with the 800. Uh, I did call the state police superintendent, Doug Carter, who is over the state police for the state of Indiana, who also served on the 911 board at the same time I was there, and he's still there. And he didn't know anything about the state police uh, 800 going down. So I think it all boils down to that there was a switch that had gone bad, that CenturyLink, they... uh, the gentleman from Fort Wayne wanted a ticket. He wanted the ticket number that was started on this problem. So I contacted the road officer again, and he got me the ticket number. So I got it to the guy in Fort Wayne. So I believe that they had narrowed it down. And I think later that day or towards the evening, they had it fixed. So that's about all I can enlighten you on that. Um, I don't know if there are still problems. So uh, I just wanted to, since I was getting ready to leave Plymouth, I heard Herschel call in. So I just, he's the one that started this. So, you know, he's always in the middle of something. But uh, I heard you talk about, and I did bring up the safety low. Yes. This this was um, when Barry was still head of the state 911 board. There are a lot of counties that have the safety low it. It's kind of like the jail gadget. I don't know what percentage, but Ed Ryder, who was the 911 communication for Bartholomew County, him and Barry came up and, and talked to us about implementing the safety low it because back then, with 911, with things that were going on, with revenue that you know, they kind of encourage that we need to maybe start looking at doing this sometime in the future of enacting the safety low it for emergency services. You know, when somebody calls 911, they want to make sure that that 
there's a police officer, there's a fire truck, or there's an ambulance there for whatever you that situation is. And if it's a lack of funding, then I think it's something that we need to look at. Yeah, right, Herschel, I agree with you. Nobody likes to pay any more taxes than what they have to. But uh, as you know, I heard that the city of Plymouth is down two paramedics now. I heard that one left just here recently and went up to South Bend to work because I guess they received a $10,000 sign-on bonus. Well, um, things have changed over the last couple of years, and, and if these are measures that we have to take to help protect the public and help pro to provide that service of emergency, whether it's fire, EMS, or police, I don't, I, there's going to be some people that are, I'm not paying it, but you know, for those people that are, as we are getting older <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in life and we're starting to have, you know, physical ailments and, you know, if you can't have somebody there at your house, then what's that, you know, is it worth paying $20 or $5 a month for on this safety law, and I have no idea what it, what it would generate, but that money is distributed to all the emergency services throughout the taxing jurisdictions. So I think it's a benefit, as we all know, um, price of equipment, even if you can get equipment, price of ambulances have gone up extraordinary over the last few years, you know, fire trucks. And you can't even get a police car. I think the sheriff has had police cars on order since last year and he still hasn't gotten them yet but you know it, it's just getting to the point where what do we do and you don't you you hate to tax yourself to resolve the problem but i think that's the only thing that we have at our disposal at this time or do we look at or are there other things that you know we could do uh County, you know, we talked about countywide EMS. You could talk about countywide fire fire ter territory. You could talk about enlarging the sheriff's department and letting them control the the towns. But I don't think you want to go down that path. I, I think that uh, these people, these towns, take great pride in their police, their EMS, and their fire. And I don't think you want to take that away from them. Uh, we have to help support them in. What they're, Jeff Coons from Culver, who lives up in Laporte, you know, they just, uh, last year I think they passed the safety law, and it's generating money for them to do what we're talking about here. Um, it, it, it is a real concern. So I just thought and that I money just, created by that. Um, it can only, it can, it can only go help for, encourage and it can't go for roads it can't go to buy a you know put a roof on the library it can't do that it's there for emergency services now whether you use it to pay more you know pay someone more hourly or put it towards um, equipment um, that, those are the options that you can have and um, so I just uh, I think it's something that we need to look at but the thing is, Kevin, it's not unique just to Marshall County. No, it's not. This, it's, this is, you know, it's just like healthcare. It this, the whole face of this country is changing, and things are changing. And 
you can always say, you know, change is good, but I think in what we're going through right now, I don't think change is so good. <laughs> well, I, I could agree with you on that. Oh, we can agree on something? That's great. <laughs> I don't even like it. I, I know you don't. Uh, I, just, I just think it's, it's, a, it's an issue that needs to be addressed. There has to be communications with the department heads and the commissioners if there are issues. Because the buck stops at the top. I said it once before. You've told me that how many yeah. times? Well, I'll keep saying it. I know you will. <laughs> um, God help us if one of our EMS people get hurt. Seriously. I mean, uh, we don't want to see it, but it very well could happen. That was my only concern, Kevin. And, well, um, I, I just I heard you talking about me, so that's why I had to come in and maybe clarify a little what, bit. Kevin, <laughs> I'm sure this, for a lot of people, this will fall on deaf ears. Well, uh, you know, it was brought up in the meeting Monday. I don't know who brought it up about the towers. I don't know if it, I think Grolick started. I think Grolick started. You know, it's yeah. like five million dollars to, you know, there we are in a bowl in some places in this county. Culver's in a bowl. Uh, Typical News in a bowl. And so there are issues. There are towers that have, that should be, but there comes a price tag. But um, I guess I'll go out on the limb and say, you know, if you had this safety low, it you could probably go to the Indiana Bond Bank, probably borrow the money and use that safety low it to pay that bond off, and still have money to distribute. You know, but. Those are all options that I think we have to, and, and I think that hopefully when Ritter Services comes in, that they can help maybe identify some of those radio issues that we are having uh, across this county. Uh, I remember several years ago going back to Culver uh, on State Road 17 down there by Lake Latonka in that dip, I was following a uh, oh, I propane. This. Propane. Yeah gas tank truck you know a single axle all of a sudden he just went off to, on the east side of 17 drove out into that wetland out there i tried calling 911 i couldn't get through because i couldn't get a signal so there there are spots in this county that needs to be addressed for the safety of our communities and the citizens so that there are issues that don't it's going to have to be addressed one way or another because you're right Herschel it's going to come back you know a lot of this stuff is all of a sudden as it's out in the media out there people talking about and you know if if we don't address some of this stuff you know Herschel you're right it's going to come back on the executives of the county so we, we do have to be very diligent and we do have to Try to address some of these issues that we're having. I gotta go. So do I. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Thank you, both of you. Appreciate the call. All the right. Stop in and the call. Definitely. Not like barging in, is there? Yeah. Oh no, we don't mind, Kevin. <laughs> we don't fine. mind. Definitely. 
Oh, let's take a. It's like having Mick Jagger drop by the oh, studio. Oh, and, woo! Yeah, yeah, it's, You're going to give him a big head. I know. Mick I know. Jagger. Anyway. Um, oh, yes, I did give you a prize to give away. Yeah, I you did. go get a surprise, so let's take another break. Yeah, I've got uh, lottery tickets. Okay. And I guess we should give those away. If you've won the uh, lottery tickets from us in the last six weeks, please give somebody else a shot at these because they are very, very popular. No, I'm not taking that number. I'm not taking Did you that find your fancy either. dice yet? They they disappeared. Really? Yeah. They were they were taken away by the the Dark Lord. Uh five is the number. Five seven four nine three six four zero nine six. Five seven four nine three six four zero nine six. Caller five. We're gonna get some lotto, so call. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local, family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to sing it. We're singing words now. We'll even sing the business part. Save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. Now that's a commercial you'll remember, even if you don't remember the bundle and save with Progressive part. We're singing a commercial. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the end of the jingle. A jingle about insurance. Want to know what's going on in Marshall County? Just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. Give us a call now at 574-936-4096 for What's Your Opinion? Now, back to Kathy and Rusty. That's a really talented chicken. Yes, it definitely is. I'm kind of impressed. Uh, Linda is the uh, winner of our scratch-off. So, Linda, you're going to be scratching later. Let us know if you're a winner. We've had a couple of winners lately, so uh, let us know if you're a winner. Very good. Oh, let's see. Let me get back here. We'll talk about some other news that is going on. Come on, computer. There you go. Um, and I got an arrest. This one actually comes from the Marsh County Sheriff's Department. 
Monday, about 8.45 in the evening, uh, police were dispatched to a domestic involving 24-year-old Weston Bush Burdine of Culver. Um, there was a female victim involved. Um, during that investigation, it was discovered that Mr. Bush Burdine had spit on the victim and was threatening to stab her to death. He was taken into custody, lodged in the Marshall County Jail on a charge of intimidation, which is a level six felony, and domestic battery uh, with a previous unrelated conviction for domestic battery. So that's a level six felon. Um, he will be in court on August the 23rd for his initial hearing, and his cash bond was set at $1,500. So the intimidation is the threat yeah. to stab her to death, and the domestic battery is the spitting on her. Um, okay. You, you, you're not allowed. That's like... Well, you can't, you, can't, you, you can't, can't spit, spit on somebody. On that's not, yeah, it's not polite. It, it's not healthy. It's not no, good. It's, it's not, not safe anymore. It's not polite. Also, Monday evening, I went to the Plymouth Park Board meeting where they had uh, several Plymouth picklers show up. This is an organization that's starting to gather some momentum in the area. They actually are hoping to create um, an actual club for Plymouth of pickleball players. And so Dave Miller was the spokesman for the group the, on Monday evening, and he told the park board members that pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the United States. Um, and he says basically it encompasses all ages from teens to seniors who are into their 80s uh, that play pickleball. And locally, there are over 50 players who play regularly in the park at Centennial Park on the tennis courts or at the Lifeplex. Mm -hmm. That's just 50 right here in Plymouth. Right. Then the other communities have players too. Um, he did talk about uh, they actually do travel around and go to other locations um, where they actually have dedicated courts for pickleball. Mm -hmm. They play at Warsaw, Knox, Rochester, Winnemac, and South Bend. Those communities all have dedicated courts. In Plymouth, we have tennis courts that are five tennis courts that are lined for pickleball too. Mm -hmm. So you have double lines on them, which in some ways I definitely do think that it would be complicated not just for the pickleball players, but the tennis players. The the lines are different colors. Yeah. But when you're playing it's like, oh hit the line. Oh yeah. oh wait, that's a pickleball line. Oh oh that's a tennis line, you know. Yeah. Uh so um, what they're hoping to do is create four to six standalone pickleball courts. They would actually be adjacent to the current tennis courts. And they provided um, a couple of pictures, which are posted on our website at am1050.com um, and also on our Facebook page of where there's a grassy area that initially was going to be a youth tennis uh area yeah. a little bit smaller courts yeah so um they can easily get four courts in there um they can actually easily get five courts in there and if they 
readjusted the sidewalk to get into the Fryman shelter. It's between the Fryman and the tennis ball tennis courts. So there's an area there. They would not be messing with the parking lot or any of that. Um, that's where they want to place them. And actually to place them there, there are some advantages. Um, there are some lights that can double up and, and still work for that area. There is some existing fencing that they can take advantage of. And the biggest thing is, is that it's been leveled out because initially they, you know, it, it right. was part of the whole complex. So it would not take a lot of dirt work right. um, to get those in. So to put four courts in, it is just under $200,000. Yeah. And they had a meeting last Thursday. We promoted that carry-in potluck that they had last Thursday. Uh, there were about 40 people who attended that. After that, they lots of them went and played on the courts there. Right. Um, some were experienced, some were not, but it gave them an opportunity to see what it was all about. And so they have come before the park board and asked for two things. They asked for permission to put these pickleball courts in that location that is there right now. And then they asked for permission to create a fund. They want to use the Marshall County Community Foundation to set up as a place to receive donations for the project. And um, so during the meeting... They said, you know, obviously the location works. It works for the park department. So the park department was totally agreeable to select the, the selection of that location. As for creating a fund, it really is not up to the park department. Uh, their recommendation was for the pickleball club to create the fund out at the community foundation. Right. And then when funds became available, then they could pay for the courts right. now i will tell you that the courts that they would put in would not have that specialized concrete that the tennis courts have right. it, it would be the tennis courts have like tensioned concrete right there's things i guess that they can tighten it up or loosen it up the concrete yeah. to um this would just be basically you know large slabs of concrete and then they would paint the lines on and they would be standalone Another reason why they have to be standalone is obviously the court size is different. The net height is different too for pickleball. So they have to adjust it when they're using a tennis court. They have to adjust the net for the pickleball courts. So um, it was kind of interesting. Dave Miller said on Friday or Thursday evening when they were having the meeting, he asked people in attendance if we could get going on this, how much could you pledge towards this project and with the 40 people there they you know it came to twelve thousand well, dollars that's pretty right good. off the bat yeah. that they they felt that they could get started with so um it, it's going to move forward yeah. um and i think the club is hoping it will move forward faster than later um they did ask the park board about money in next year's budget and unfortunately, the budget process is well underway already, yeah. and the budgets have already, they haven't been approved, but they've already been submitted for next year, so there's not uh, the ability to put funds in there. Um, it was stated, though, that if somehow, by chance, within you know the next 12 months, that they got 
the majority of the money or they had a huge donor that wanted to donate a substantial amount of money and they needed a little bit of assistance that they might be able to finagle some things around. Right. Um, but it, it would be, it, it would not be a major contribution. It would no. be a minor contribution to the project. So this project will be basically um, a donation type project sure. yeah. where funds will be raised. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a good thing. Sure. Uh, it's another play, way for people to exercise. And, and, you know, lots of people are doing this and it's getting more and more uh, familiar for people to go out and play pickleball. So yeah. uh, we'll see where things go with that. I'm sure that was in the plan of the park, too, to eventually the five plan. have Yes, those, it is. But um, if they've got a group outside working on funding it, it'll happen a lot faster. Well, it, it definitely will. And and obviously, um, if there would be the ability to apply for a grant, the park is willing to apply right. for a grant yeah. for that project uh, because grants typically a lot of times go through governmental agencies versus private organizations. Although there are some that do offer for private organizations. So um, there was some discussion about would TIF funds be available for this. Um, there is a specialized TIF district to over for Centennial Crossings. So that's just down the road. I don't know. I, you know, usually it, it's a project that is adjacent to or within a TIF district. But uh, so we'll see. We'll see where the project goes. But uh, so you're going to be hearing more about this. And um, I have invited them to come and talk on the radio uh, when they get... I don't think they're really well organized yet. I think they're sure. working right now at creating this club and getting that organized. Uh, but we'll hear more about it. Uh, also, a police arrest from the Plymouth Police Department. This happened Sunday about 1120 at night. Uh, they were called to 2535 North Michigan Street. That would be the Economy Inn for a domestic distur disturbance that included a female screaming. When Plymouth officers arrived on the scene, uh, they made contact with two subjects in one of the rooms. It was learned that 33-year-old Timothy Taylor of Elkhart had an active warrant through Berrien County, Michigan for a domestic battery and confinement. He was placed under arrest for the new charge of a domestic battery here in Plymouth and also held for the active warrant out of Michigan. He was held in the Marsh County Jail on a $500 cash bond for his new charge and held without bond for the warrant out of Michigan. So, obviously, he has apparently a tendency to... Yeah, obviously. ...batter people, batter women, I would assume, yeah. primarily. Well... The Purdue Extension Office has announced uh, the next Master Gardener basic training program that will start September 1st and run through December the 5th. Um, it's the fall session, and it's for folks who are interested in really wanting to be more than just a general yeah. homeowner type. They, sure. they really want to get into some information on plants. They, uh, some of the topics that are going to be covered in the training include plant science, plant nutrition, pest and disease controlled, identification and management, care of various plant types, 
organic gra uh, gardening, uh, fruit and vegetable gardening, lawn care, and invasive species management. So um, there is cost for this class. They will primarily be meeting on Monday and Thursday evenings from 6 to 9 p.m. The class size is limited to 15 individuals. Um, and it does include taking a final examination at the end of the course that you have to pass uh, to become a master gardener. Oh, yeah. This is a big deal. Oh, it, it is, definitely. Yeah. It's $180 uh, for an individual. That includes everything that you're going to need for the classroom and hands-on portion of the course. And if there are two of you coming from the same household, so if it's a husband and wife situation, it would be $280 instead of $180 a piece. So you do save a little bit money there. Sure. Um, if you want more information, there is a link to this article on our website at am1050.com where you can submit your application to the Purdue Extension Office here in Plymouth. Or you can also stop by there. Uh, applications are due by August 22nd, and the Purdue Extension is located on the third floor of the Marshall County Building. So, I like plants, but I don't know that I like plants that much. I like plants you can eat. Oh, Okay. Other kinds of plants. Kind I like of flowers, and I like paths vegetables. I, I, I flowers are okay. But I like plants you can eat. <laughs> you can't eat it. I'm not interested in it. So, well, well, you can eat some flowers. Even or some flowers are edible. Yeah, I think pansies might be. I, I don't I'm know. not going to try it though. I'm not really yeah, into I'm eating flowers. Not interested in uh, flower yeah. dinner. So. Uh, Scott Pilaf, who is the executive director of the Yellow River Kankakee River Basin, uh, provided an email update to representatives from Marshall County government on the progress of a project on the Yellow River. It's a bank reconstruction project. We've already done one here in Marshall County. This one actually goes from the Marshall County line to the Stark County. It, it goes into Stark County uh, about a mile downstream. Uh, they're doing another one where they had some steep banks and some challenges of the meandering waterway. And so he gave an update and sent some really great pictures uh, that you can see, you know, how the project looks. I mean, it is amazing what oh, they yeah, are able yeah. to do. And I can only imagine, like, getting in a kayak and going oh, yeah. down this um, because they were able to move back some of that tree line. Um, and then they, a lot of times they actually, the trees they take down, they take down with the root ball and all, and then yeah. they lay the tree on the side and that root ball is used at the, at the river's edge. It's covered up so you can't see it, but it's used at the river's edge to help stabilize oh, yeah. uh, the bank in there. So. Um, there are some pictures uh, on our website, and one of the reasons is at one location here, there was actually a house in Stark County that was getting extremely close to the edge. The bank was just falling off, and the house was getting closer and closer to the edge right. of the bank, yeah. uh, and so for a project that they've been working on there. So I thought it was interesting. I thought uh, both you know people who are interested in the the river but and kayakers but also people who you know we need to we need to take care of what we have and uh, okay i'll be totally honest drive out over 
um, Overmeyer Drive. You go over those bridges there off Oak Hill Avenue down by the sewer treatment plant. It is so overgrown. I mean, the plants and the trees and the they're just growing over the over the edges of the bridge now. Right. And it's like, I feel like it needs to be cleaned out in there somehow. I, I, I haven't stopped to look over the edge to even see like what it's like down at the water's edge there going through. But, uh, you know, this is another neat project that uh, the Kankakee Yellow River Basin has undertaken uh, for citizens. And obviously cleaning out you have to do it in small portions because if we did a big project here on the north end of the Yellow River, it means all that water would flow faster right. and then it would bog down and cause flooding issues farther downstream. So they have to do it in smaller sections, you know, kind of piecemealing between the, the north end and the south end of the, of the river uh, to get it accomplished. But a neat project. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think I have covered my news okay. for the day. I uh, do want to let folks know that tomorrow we're going to be talking about the Bourbon Summer Fest that will be happening Ooh. in another week or so. Cool. Um, Lonnie Berkey is going to be in. We're going to be finding about, about all the different activities that they have going on at Summerfest. Summerfest so. has been one of those things. It's been It's been forever. Exactly. I mean, I've been here, what, since 96? So yeah. I remember going out there and covering some ball games and stuff oh, like that. Oh, getting some yes. photos. It's, yeah, uh, a little league tournament, usually. Katie just turned 40. And if I dug for a long time, I'd be able to show you a picture of her that it, she must have been four or five years old that she was actually entered into oh. the little Miss Summerfest yeah. pageant. So, yeah, it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. It's uh, one of the, uh, like you said, one of the signs of the end of summer. Yes, unfortunately. Summer fest, so. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that'll be our guest tomorrow. And then on Friday, uh, we're going to hear from Hoosier Tire. Uh, oh, good. What's going on at Hoosier Tiring and obviously uh, about positions that are opened at Hoosier sure. Tire. Yeah. So. Okay. I think. You're done? I'm done. You can do your job. Okay. Well. <laughs> it's tough, but I I will try to carry on here. Uh, we got some birthdays. Going to put them in the hat. And coming up on Friday, we'll have a drawing for four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe, a free small drink from the Coffee Lodge, and a bouquet of beautiful flowers Woo-hoo! from Cajun Creek. And we have a belated birthday from yesterday. I need to learn how to read dates. Uh, Peggy Fisher, happy birthday to you. <laughs> you are in the hat. Happy birthday yesterday, I should say. Also, birthday today, Don Ferris is 80, 85. Oh, happy birthday, Don. How is Don. that even possible? Uh, he sits behind you at the basketball Yeah. Games. I yeah. Just, how is it even possible <laughs> he's that old? Holy cow. He's younger than I am. I mean, <laughs> physically he gets around very well he does so happy birthday and also happy birthday today to melissa christensen melissa happy birthday happy birthday to you you're in the hat all of you you're all eligible for four cupcakes from la dessert cafe a free small drink from the coffee lodge and a bouquet of flowers from cashin creek 
No anniversaries today. If you have an anniversary in August, get it to us. You'd be eligible for our drawing at the end of the month for 50 bucks from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home. So uh, don't miss out on that. Get your uh, anniversary in here. Let us uh, wish you a happy anniversary. Nothing in the trading post today. Oh, wait a minute. This got dropped in without me noticing it. Here we go. Oh. Freezer boxes. These all have... Li- I may have to... Wait, you're going to freeze those vegetables that you I haven't made yet? freeze a lot of stuff. I might need these. Uh, three quarts, four pints and a half, five pints, two gallons, and one a dollar per bundle. Uh, these all have lids. Freezer boxes all have lids. 574 936 6809. That's 574 936 That is the trading post for today. That is our show for today. It is. We'll be back tomorrow, though. Summerfest tomorrow. So, uh, Tune right? In? Right Tune after in. the 9 o'clock news. Yep. So, uh, have yourselves a great day, and we will be, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow unless we. We melt into a giant puddle of goo. So uh, Mm. stay cool.